to positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. I have a question. What, yes. Yes, what Jake. Is, what is this I hear about Elon Musk doing a barrel roll in a car? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, he he kickflipped the car. <laughs> well, you he see, kickflip, but in a car. He's developing a new uh, Star Fox. That's going to be his new project. It's like a total. <laughs> you know, four-dimensional version of StarCraft, and he has to simulate a barrel roll, which you're commanded to do in the game's... Not StarCraft. Star Fox. Excuse me. Star Fox. Yeah. In Star Fox, he's making a live-action Star Fox that you play with a fucking bodysuit made by SpaceX, and uh, he has to experiment barrel rolls with his buddy, Peter Thiel. So he was, like, high on ketamine driving a Porsche with some other crazy crypto person, and he was like, watch this, do yeah. a barrel roll, and then destroyed his car suspension? That's you what I choose to believe. would be awesome if we flipped this thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm banned for this one. Uh, yeah, new new hot article out on the presses about Elon Musk this week, folks. Ronan Farrow, he's at it again. Yeah, Ronan Farrow, he's an adult now. He's no longer an abused child of Woody Allen. He does lib stuff in the New Yorker, like write pieces on Elon Musk. Uh, and this one, everybody's talking about because it's critical of him. Uh, the, he's crossed the liberal zeitgeist people, and they're going to get him. Um, it's all about how dangerous it is that he's pretty much running the Ukraine war from a third-party company, which is, you got to admit, pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, the thing, here's my take on the article, because they, they have this whole scene where the Ukrainian forces are trying to access Starlink, and they can't, it won't work. So they have to retreat. And so the point Pharaoh's kind of making is that like Elon Musk is siding with the Russians. And that's because he's in the pocket of the Chinese and China ha is trying to stop the Ukraine war. In, in reality, it's it at least it seems like China just nobody, you know, the U.S. isn't trying to reach a settlement. So China's like, I guess we got to step up. Uh, but within China this internationally has such like depressed middle child vibes yeah. <laughs> whenever it tries to get in the middle of something yeah it's just like it seems like everyone's fighting and i just wanted to stop yeah but it's just funny how like there's that scene where starlink won't work and the conclusion is that elon musk nefariously decided to jam it up or something which might be the case but it kind of seems to me reading it that it just is a shitty product and he's an idiot and they were trying to use it and it didn't work because it's bad and they're like drawing all these conclusions from that. That's kind of yeah, like the, the, the quantum state of Elon Musk. Is is he doing this because he's evil or is he just bad at what he does? Yeah. How much of this is intentional and then how much of this is you being addicted to ketamine and running six companies <clears throat> at the same time? I think what I remember reading from that article is that like uh, it's the Ukrainian forces uh, be because of whatever specific, uh, you know, like 
battlefield strategy played into this. They like can't use regular internet. It would be easier to hack or something or they have less access to it. And so a Starlink, Elon's company, has these like iPad things you can use that are all in a closed network, which is way more strategic if you're trying not to get like tracked and stuff. Uh, but the problem is they're just all run by Elon. So like they're using these to fight a war and then every once in a while it's just like 404 error. They don't <laughs> work. And that's the New Yorker seems to be arguing this is because Elon's decided that Russia is cool, but like it could just be that his shit sucks. You've Which reached is, your bazooka upload limit for the day. Right. Let's try again later. Well, yeah, because when he fuck when that happened on Twitter, he tried to play it off like it's like, no, we're doing this on purpose. And it's like, you know, you just <laughs> fucked up. Like, we can tell you just fucked up at work. And you know what? It's actually uh, almost the same situation because the entire back and forth over Starlink is that he keeps balking at the idea of paying for it because mm. like any company operation that involves a goddamn satellite, it's crazy expensive. And the U.S. government's like, you're pretty much NASA now right and he's like uh, uh, lol yes but then he gets the bill and is like no I'm not you pay for it I'm not doing any of this I hate war <laughs> um, overall it's a really good article it's a great deep dive into this insane man but it is very lib pilled uh, so get ready for that and what happened with him flipping a car over please yeah. okay so when he was acquiring PayPal which had like nine different names one of which was X.com, by the way, worth pointing out. No. Um, wow. To, he, he's had a dream for like 30 years of creating the uh, all-in-one encompassing financial transaction site, uh, which the first time mutated into PayPal, and then this time he's just like trying to make Twitter a place where you do Apple Pay or whatever. But um, uh, he has this famous tech bro fight with the company uh with peter Thiel, and they're wrestling for dominance of the company and there's this whole part where he goes on a honeymoon and peter Thiel like edges him out and steals the company from him but he gets a huge payoff uh anyway so they're like doing um frat bro shit to each other and at one point they're driving in this super expensive car i, I i'm not gonna get it up here but uh they're driving in this like one million dollar car together and elon musk just like looks him directly in the eyes and does like uh, uh, the pod racing spin move that defeated Sabulba in it, <laughs> and all the windows break. <laughs> oh boy! And then he just he looks Peter Thiel in the eye and goes, "You know this isn't insured." Uh, okay, I looked it up. It's a 627 horsepower McLaren F1. Isn't that what they used to travel back in time in Back to the Future? No, that's a ma- uh, uh, Mandalorian. Okay, no, it's okay. not a Mandalorian. It's a DeLorean. <laughs> DeLorean. <laughs> it's a Mandalorian. Out if today. you're a car guy listening to this show, do you like, did, did you feel pangs in your stomach sometimes? Like, we've never gotten a single detail about yeah, automotives correct. Probably no. punching a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> they keep a bicycle on the wall just to punch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, lots of wonderful dead eyed uh, psychopath little anecdotes in this. Definitely worth a read. Um, and it is, again, bringing up in a big, broad public forum, is it a good idea that we let this man have enough money to start his own nation? <laughs> Wait a minute. I think I'm reading a different story about him crashing a car. This oh, is really? F1 car. This is a gold-plated engine. <laughs> 
What the fuck? I don't know. There's like too many of these. I'm sorry. We'll just have to do, do research for another f- do you full have a episode. picture of this car? A gold-plated engine. It's a gold-plated engine. He crashed it. It, it was weird to me how <laughs> he is apparently a huge fan of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Ah, oh, it's that's total Elon dork shit. Yeah, but it's just like he's completely, you know, missed. He doesn't the, understand any of the lessons or right. like point of the book. It's it's classic Elon stuff. His whole, his whole takeaway is like, wouldn't it be base to uh, solve the number 42? <laughs> <laughs> and the book is about how you shouldn't be an evil billionaire who takes over the world. And it's like, based. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> that is true. He's such a sad, lonely man. I feel really bad for him. Uh, Y'all see Trump's mugshot? Oh, yeah. Yo, I don't know which one's real. The, the one, the scowl is real. The one where he looks <laughs> like the emoji with the like weird, his mouth is a W, like scowling. That's real. Yeah. He almost looks like uh, the the uh, Sam Eagle Muppet. And the one yes, I've been seeing, I can see that. eyebrow heavy. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah. It's the real one. People um, were saying Burgum looked like that Muppet. Oh, also true. I think that he practiced that scowl on the way to jail. I'm, I'm sure he did. And uh, I'm just imagining some lackey of his having to hold up like a gold-rimmed mirror for him to just get that mug exactly in the right spot. Um, yeah, he was working on it. <laughs> it is kind of funny how like America's judicial system is so fucked up and wacky that even if you're or like a rich guy who can pay the bail and not actually have to do any jail time and probably not any prison time, although we'll see, fingers crossed, uh, you still have to go in and take the picture. That is just kind of this gotta. like absurdity to this whole situation. Um and it's also just really funny to see all these conservatives that are now trying to spin this as, uh, well, you know who has a lot of mugshots and likes mugshots? African-Americans. They go to jail. <laughs> that's, that's true, Anders. The new yeah. thing from, like, the Dinesh D'Souza world is that right. Trump is a gangster and black people are going to vote for him now. Dinesh D'Souza tweeted, in the urban black community, a mugshot can be an iconic symbol both yeah. of victimization and greatness. It's a defiant up yours to quote the man <laughs> think tupac shakur trump is now the ultimate gangsta in our culture right go back to the late 80s and read <laughs> what dinesh d'souza was writing about black people and hip-hop culture back then and see if i mean it's just beyond satire how they can that that, that was like the bane on society was just rap music and black people basically and now it's they're just grasping at anything they can to to try and re-legitimize this guy but they don't really need to re-legitimize his his followers are still going to back him no matter what He's got a no, great. No, they don't, Anders. He's the ultimate gangsta. <laughs> he's got a great combination of hates black people and doesn't understand black people. Like he's trying to like talk like a like a black or an urban black community member, as he would put it here. And he's saying like, you know, the man that like like we all say the man. No one has said that since the seventies. Like the man, you yeah. know. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to bring it back. I, I had tipped my hat to him on that one. Um, as long as, speaking of mugshots, uh, Trevion Cuddy. Remember last week I was talking about the 
Kanye PR lady that did intimidation for Trump. Uh, she's got a mugshot. She got arrested at all this, and she is doing the. Uh, I the only way to describe it is, have you seen the new It movies with Skarsgård? I saw the first one. Yeah, she's doing the the Pennywise the clown smile in her mugshot. It's so cool. Nice. <laughs> it's fucking scary. She's being the ultimate gangster. She is. She's sticking it to <laughs> the man. All 20 of them, except Giuliani's just look sad. <laughs> he looks like he's uh, he got caught with the fudge that his mother said he couldn't have. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, she's a... It, the It Clown smile, it's a, almost the smile movie smile. It's just a number one smile coming out of her. It really is. And I want to support her and her endeavors. She's kind of doing the Kubrick thing where you drop your chin and then look upwards. And then when you smile, it's only the top set of teeth that comes out. Mm. She's really happy to be there. True. Yeah. Well, you know where I'm happy to be? On the Poddamn America podcast. <laughs> That's it, huh? For stupid children. Hitchhiker's oh, yeah. Guide would have made a great segue to this. I should have saved it for, for right now. Man, that's... I tell myself that every time we record. There's always next time. Forgotten segues. That should be like a lost episode we do. (laughs) Just segues that fell on the cutting room floor. Speaking of segues that fell on the cutting room floor, this entire episode. This is Pod Damn America. You're listening to the podcast for stupid goth children and communism. Uh, I'm Jake Flores. That's Alex Patak. Hello. Welcome to the show. Anders Lee is here. Anders Lee here. And we're not just talking about Elon Musk and mugshots today. Today, we are going to be talking to our friends Jack Allison and Kate Shapiro. You might know Jack Allison from Struggle Session, the uh, cool podcast that's a friend of ours, and Kate Shapiro from being Kate Shapiro. Uh, they have a new book out. It's called Kill the Rich. It's a very funny, satirical thing about uh, cutting Kim Kardashian's head off and... and um What's his face? Elon Musk is heavily featured in it being a a, a, a douche. Let's talk to Jack and Kate. All right. We are now joined by Struggle Session's own Jack Allison and Kate Shapiro's own Kate Shapiro. Hello. Welcome to the show, y'all. What's happening? Thanks for having us. Hi. Totally. Thanks for being here. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you about this cool book you guys wrote. You wrote a very funny book called Kill the Rich out now on Clash Books. I'm going to say Clash Books like that because I know the Clash Books guy. And I want to hype his, uh, his what do you call that when you publish shit? His book or uh, publishing company? His publishing house? Publishing his company? Nom de guerre. His bookery. <laughs> his bookery, yeah, I think. Yeah, his book thing. Bookeria. <laughs> I want to support his bookery. <laughs> it's a publisher, right? It's a, it support his... A press. But that seems there weird we to say support his publisher, because he is the publisher. Yeah. yeah. It's press. I, I think press I think is press. Right. Something like that. I don't know. It's clearly something I know nothing about. Uh, I'm also kind of brain dead from having a party last night. That's probably what's going on there. As socialists, is it wrong to support the publisher? Right in. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find so, you'll find a socialist who say it's wrong to do just about anything. So yeah. so you'll, so you'll get writing in. I mean, I do think specifically newspapers, if not books and just readable things in general, is the one thing they will stick up for till the bitter end. Reading is bourgeois. Mm. Reading is bourgeois. Yeah. Kim Stanley Robinson Even pamphlets. said it on our show. <laughs> 
true. <clears throat> Illiterate uh, revolution. That's my thing. <laughs> Uh, it's so hard to get everyone to meet together at the illiterate revolution. <laughs> it's all over the goddamn place. <laughs> so let's talk about Kill the Rich. It's really funny. I read it uh, recently. The, oh, thank this you. Is I'm to understand your first time authors, right? Yeah, we're each one half of a full time author or of a first time <laughs> author because uh, we co wrote this book. Um, uh, and yeah, you know, this is uh, this came about. Kate, do you want to tell the story a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, so I wrote a short story about Kim Kardashian being executed in uh, graduate school. And I remember my professor like wrote in the margins like this because I was like, oh, this is like science fiction. This would never happen. He was like, this is the world that should happen tomorrow. If, <laughs> if we can have it happen, it should happen. And so during the pandemic, I was bored. So I just kind of wrote a bunch of like sort of seemingly kind of sort of trying to connect short stories, and serialize them on Substack set in this world Um with a communist president who's elected and they immediately uh, execute Kim Kardashian on C-SPAN. And so I kind of had a collection of things that I wanted to happen and things happened in this world. Uh, and then me and Jack have been friends for a long time and uh, he's very funny and we vibe well on a lot of different things. So I asked him to kind of come on board to actually make this kind of collection of weird shit that happens to weird people in this weird world into an actual book where things happen. Yeah, is there a particular nicely. is there a crime for which Kim Kardashian is executed, or well, is it just in general well, time to die? You know, in the book, um, we we make it slightly more. I mean, listen, she should probably go either way. She should probably go in our world, but in the book, she's done enough. You know, we make it that she's had uh, she's made a makeup company. You know, that ended up uh, poisoning an entire small town here in California. Um, mm. So ruining a small town, poisoning their water supply. Uh, and that's and you know there was a whistleblower who proved that she knew about it and did nothing and that's what ultimately led to her execution so just sort of slightly more you know deserving yeah. of the gallows Aaron than in our own world yeah try that she in could a represent small town <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking she when, could yeah when we were thinking of like what I've, should she be executed for it's like Oh, dead babies in like a suburb in California. That is what would get her <laughs> there. <laughs> That's yeah. the finish line. That's it. Yeah. Work. Make it work. It's a pretty <laughs> Make it happen. funny way to open the novel. I was reading it at the bar I was working at, and somebody was like, What are you reading? And I was like, That's pretty much what I used to explain it because it's a good hook. <laughs> it's a book about killing Kim Kardashian. <laughs> it starts there. That's where thing you know things pop <laughs> off from there. That's the first three chapters as Kim goes. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So, uh, so you guys wrote this, and then I just remember like you like tweeted like uh, I need a, a bookery, and uh, I just happened to know that Clash guy. So that yeah. worked out, yeah. Yeah, that worked out nicely. Thank you again for that. Um, you know, in some ways. 
um, you know, as much as like I hate Twitter, we all hate Twitter. We all hate Twitter. It's funny that everybody's like, we hate Twitter so much. But as soon as there's another website that looks exactly like Twitter, everyone's like, here's my fucking blue sky and my threads and everything like that. I'm like, kind of like, wasn't everybody saying we want to escape the hell site and everyone's just trying to sort of jump onto another parallel hell site or whatever. But so as embarrassing as it is, though, we did have to use Twitter and that's what immediately got us published. It was just you retweeting. You know, my post saying that we need a publisher that got us published. Um, so, you know, uh, uh, for better or worse, that, you know, that's that's the way things work, I guess. Well, that's, Thanks, why, Twitter. that's why everyone hates Twitter because you like kind of have to use it because, you know, yeah. if you left, you would lose like opportunities like that. And yet it is so painful to be on all the time. No, it's awful to look at. It's awful to look at. It's awful to post on. But, but yes, you're right. That uh, if you have a book that needs published, uh, for some reason that still matters to people. That you have a little K next to the number of followers. It's real stupid, man. Um. Well, speaking of Twitter, so uh, I, uh, I, uh, you, I, I know you from Twitter and from your podcast Struggle Session, which we've collabed with a bunch of times. Our fans probably know. Uh highly critical of pop culture things like books and movies and stuff like that you know um i find that when i criticize or even to use a more fancy word here critique pop culture online you know for fun in a way that i think is uh normal people want to kill me uh <laughs> They really hate it when you say Star Wars was good or Star Wars mm-hmm. was bad or, you know. Either way, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's weird because it puts people in, like us in the situation of having to kind of defend our own work like more than other people. Because if you just keep your head down, people will kind of be nicer to you. But if you're somebody who they're like already mad at you because you said the Adams family wasn't leftist enough or whatever, then... Uh, you know, people have an agenda. Adam's family is fascist, everybody. I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you had a thing about the Adam's family. <laughs> um, you, I'm assuming you hated Wednesday. I, I didn't watch Wednesday. Which, uh, <laughs> right. You didn't watch Wednesday, I, I'm going to keep Jack? it that way. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't know about the dancing and everything? All right, well, we'll get into no. that later. We'll do an episode later. Uh, it's a family that relies on a strong hand, and that hand is Lurch. <laughs> mostly, mostly the things that I watch are because I'm required to watch it for a podcast. So the way I would watch Wednesday, if you were, is if you all were like, you have to watch Wednesday for us to record a podcast, mm. and then I would be forced to watch Wednesday uh, and say what I don't like about it. I what I assumed happened. The hand, by the way, Alex is not Lurch. It's Thing. He's literally a hand. Thing. That's right. He's the Thing is literally a hand, but I only remembered he existed after I said the. <laughs> you're lucky I didn't tag in Frankenstein. <laughs> I'm not familiar with his IP. <laughs> I just get the gist of it. Fair enough. My family dressed up as the Adams Family for Halloween once, and I got to be the the one character without any face paint or weird shit. The, the little boy. Release the documents. Release the Anders <laughs> Lee family, Adams family documents. There's a picture out there somewhere. Pugsley. So, uh, well, my question, though, is, like, how's the reception been? You know, have you had, like, uh, reviews and stuff? Um, are people, has Twitter responded? Do people know it's out? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Well, the book is, is I mean, I'm not sure when this episode will come out, but the book comes out, you know, next month. And so, theoretically, people haven't read it except for the review copies that we've sent out. And, you know, uh, I haven't received much weird 
stuff from any of the weird people that get weird about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I somewhat anticipate that they won't buy and read an entire book to get mad at me. You know, I think it's a little different when you're making short form material. No one yeah. reads in the first place. You know what I mean? Like nobody reads at all for, you know, even for, to like it or to not like it. And so I, I kind of anticipate some of the people, most of the people that are mad at me about not liking Star Wars or Watchmen or whatever the fuck, um, will, aren't going to like read an entire 250 page book to tell me it sucks. And even if they did, you know, that's another book sold, so yeah, cool. all, all the better. That's a fan. That's a fan. If Honestly, they're reading I, your whole book, that's like a committed level of fandom. <laughs> we've, received, like, still fails. we've received nice response so far, uh, but I, I, I pretty much am I'm, I'm really happy with any amount of response because of how little anybody reads fiction you know so if somebody doesn't like it i'm like holy shit you like read the book enough to not like it that's that's more than most anybody in the world will do that's what i always kind of suspected would happen is that those people aren't going to read a whole book yeah when we were writing it uh i was wondering like because when you're writing it elon wasn't hated Mm -hmm. as much as he is now um, he's still the electric car guy. He wasn't like the Twitter free speech Tucker Carlson, Donald Trump guy. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, God, it's like this going to be some like, like right wing, like uh, the only people who are going to buy it are like MAGA people or something. And then I think the kill the rich is like, you know, killing like George Soros. And then as <laughs> like we were writing it, Elon Musk became like a person everybody hate or that the like yeah. left started hating. Then I was like, yeah. hell yeah, they keep doing this. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, like the cover of the book is, you know, someone who resembles Elon Musk quite a bit. It's a different name in the book. But yeah, I agree with Kate. When we were writing it, I was like, if people aren't necessarily on the wavelength yet that Elon sucks, are we going to like get in trouble by everybody when this book comes out? But I will say... If we somehow did end up in the MAGA sphere, those people seem like they have money. Oh, you know, and yeah, it seems like dude. they actually do buy stuff. Yeah. You know, they like to, you know, they like to spend to vote with their dollar. So I'm not necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say that the MAGA people shouldn't buy this book because I, <laughs> I'd be happy to accept their royalties. They're kind of the, right wing like politics loves buying the mm-hmm. cover of a book. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they love buying copies of the book that they right. then like throw at people. Yeah, because yeah. they're not gonna read it either. So no. it's a win-win. Yeah, honestly, in some ways, maybe we fucked up that Elon became so beloved by the right. You know, mm. a year ago when we were writing it, we might have been better off. But now the best we can hope for is that Kate, Kate lives in Florida. Uh, the best we can hope for is that Kate gets it uh, banned by Ron DeSantis. Oh. That would that would really, really help us out. That seems like an achievable goal. I think you can do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, kind of you... know him by six degrees of separation. I know his <laughs> uh, old chief. Everyone in Florida. I know his old <sighs> chief of staff's brother, younger brother. So I think I could get this in front of him as a. This just is, that's a, Miami. A carpet ban. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. For your consideration, ban this book. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask, like, w- what is the most uh, bannable thing in the book that Ron DeSantis would be horrified by? Hmm, that, that we Ron could slip DeSantis to him. would be horrified by. Well, I mean, we do have the execution of Kim Kardashian, but he actually might be, like, in favor of that as yeah. a sort of, you know, that's like one of these 
woke West Coast people or something like that. But I guess we do have a sort of, you know, cryptocurrency fueled secessionist state, you know, that mm. is really very libertarian and very, you know, anti taxes. Um, and we portray that, as you might imagine, in a somewhat negative light. Uh, and so I think that Ron DeSantis might not like the, the innovation zone and how the yeah. innovation zone in the book mm-hmm. is portrayed. Well, also, let's get- Kim Kardashian's executed because of this thing called the Free America Act, which is like you can be capital, you could be executed for fraud, which you really wouldn't like. Because we have a lot in the book making fun of Disney, so he might like that, you know. We could either end up on Ron DeSantis's, you know, Obama reading list. You know, Obama <laughs> does a reading list every year. I don't know if DeSantis does one too, but we, we could end up on his reading list or his band list and sort of, you know, I'm hoping for the band personally. We need to get him a copy of the book and with a message. <laughs> either way. Please tell us which parts you liked and didn't like, Ron DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> I, we have listeners, I'm sure, in Iowa and New Hampshire who can stake him out and <laughs> hand him the thing. Uh, I wonder if Ron DeSantis has a Goodreads. I wonder if he has a Goodreads <laughs> account that he uh, does mm, reviews with. Just a wiki feat. So let's get uh, into the next question. Uh, d- give us a snapshot of like the universe of the book because it's, uh, it's very funny. It's kind of a sci-fi, like you said. It's like in the not-too-distant future. What's going on? You know, with who's president and international politics, and there's a company town and all that shit. Do you want to start, Kate, or I, I can do it? No, if you like. you're better at explaining. Okay. Than me. <laughs> so, so, so the book takes place in 2038. So, you know, just a very near future book, and America has elected a quote unquote communist president under the American People's Party. And so, the idea is that this only could have happened if all the parties split. So, the Republicans split into two parties, which is sort of a QAnon obsessed kind of conspiracy party called the Patriot Party. Uh, the ex- the remaining Democrats and Republicans sort of combined, merged into one party called the Democrat Republican Party. Uh, and then there's a third progress American People's Party, which is the like sort of progressive party. So the American People's Party elects a president squeaking in with like 35% of the vote. And he wins on the slogan, kill the rich. And so now that he's in office, he and his top advisor, Jay, have to make good on that promise. They execute Kim Kardashian, who poisoned an entire small town. And now Jay, his to, his top advisor, is trying to sort of, you know, put together information on the next a rich person for them to kill. And there's this guy, Willem Lutz, who is like a meme-obsessed cryptocurrency, richest man in the world, who has created a secessionist state in uh, Las Vegas. Um, there's Sasha, who is, you know, was the whistleblower on Kim Kardashian. Now she's a pizza delivery driver and her heroin-addicted brother has um, disappeared into Lutztown, this secessionist town. And there's Chloe, who is a um, American expat influencer whose rich husband went to jail, and now she's an expat living in Russia trying to get her social media back. Uh, and so the entire thing culminates, you know, in Lutztown, this secessionist state in Nevada, uh, where a guy who is may or may not be like Elon Musk you know, has created his own um, secessionist state uh, and plans to overthrow the government, basically. Okay, that's basically it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, So, because you were saying, like, as you're writing this, 
the re- the real people that these characters are obviously based on, like shit with them changed, you know, in real time before you even released the book, like Elon being the mm-hmm. main one. But like, how did that play out? Like, did anything fuck you up or or I something I was kind of thinking when I was reading it was like, did they like predict shit? Because I feel like something <laughs> happened where I was like, is that in the fucking book? Like something happened in real life. <laughs> Um, or maybe just an inkling of something. Uh, yeah, do you find that it tracked, you know, sci-fi style with our our real reality in a way that still works? Or did really- I, I, I do think for the most part, you know, we wrote this book, you know, a year ago. So, so we're writing this, you know, in 2022 for the most part. Um, and most you know there are certain things that did come true like like that Elon this was in the news there you know right when we were going to AWP this book festival in Seattle the top headline on Drudge was that Elon wants to create his own like company town in Texas and we were like whoa shit that's like yeah crazy that, I think that might Elon is it. creating like a tax-free company town <laughs> which seemed kind of outrageous when we were doing that for the book um I will say though that in some ways you know, Elon has gotten so wild and so much has gone on with Elon in the last year that while we were writing it, I was like, oh, are we going too far? Are, are normal people going to be upset that we're making fun of the electric car guy? And now in some ways, this book's coming out next month and I'm like, maybe we like didn't go far enough with this guy. <laughs> like maybe things have actually gotten a little even crazier with him uh, than yeah, happened Elon in the book. Elon decided to go a lot farther with it than you did, actually. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true, honestly. Um, but yeah, some things have come true. There are things we're working on a sequel to the book, oh. and there are things that we're talking about for the next book that um, I believe will come true. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, one spoiler of which, you know, will, will, that I think, I just want to put it out there so we can claim it, you know, on this podcast before it actually does happen. But we have a character based on the QAnon shaman in the second book. Nice. And nice. he is legitimately elected to Congress. And I want to <laughs> like lay out the prediction right here on this podcast, you know, so that people, so that when it happens, people aren't like we're imitating reality that I do believe Jacob Chansley will be elected to Congress. And there'll be a big moment of like, wow, he was in here illegally. And now he's in here legally walking into Congress. So just to throw it out there so we can, you know, plant the flag. I believe that'll happen. And it is happening in the sequel book. Sorry, liberals. He's hot. <laughs> Face it. He wears a Viking hat. He makes it look good. Appropriation. Yeah, I could totally see that happening. He was like wearing a suit and shit, and he still has the thing on his head. <laughs> I see the. I like do see the 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 news piece already in my head. Like that he's yeah, the thing on his head, the suit, all of it. Yeah. Um, Another thing is like we have an AOC character. She's kind mm-hmm. of the chief of staff, and she's like. Just obsessed with her image and stuff. And uh, watching the AOC kind of be, go from this leftist darling to like the Nancy Pelosi in training. I was like, I think we were on that or before it actually happened. That's another one where like the Lupe character, I'm kind of like, oh, like. It feels like we're imitating things that actually happened when we were actually being a little more predictive than that. AOC read the book and then decided to do that. <laughs> oh, God. <Yeah>. If only. <laughs> I, if, if she would ban the book, if, if DeSantis would ban the book, we could get banned in every state. And that would be, that would be the best for us. 
Um, so she is my girlfriend. Just not to be, make things <laughs> awkward, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm her boyfriend. You're, you're dating Ron DeSantis. AOC. <laughs> oh, mixed up. Sorry. Uh, I this is kind of a weird one, but I. What do you think about the movie? Don't look up. Did you see that? Yeah, it was part of discourse. Um, everyone on Twitter was really mad about it when it came out. I personally kind of liked it. I thought about it while I was reading this book because it just seemed like the closest thing <laughs> I've consumed recently in terms of satirizing like politics from within the perspective of like the Bernie world. It was written by like you know someone kind of adjacent to Bernie and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, what do you think about that movie? Did do you think about it at all when you were writing this? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I do like that movie well enough. I mean, in some ways, you're like, oh, is it like too blatant and didactic? But then also, are we in a time where being blatant and didactic is kind of the only thing that you can do? Like things are so fucking outrageous that you're like, oh, this movie is kind of obvious in its allegory, but also everything is so fucking buffoonish and insane in the real world so what can you do but be blatant in allegory um and so yeah i i I didn't i didn't dislike don't look up my my critique about it at the time was that i had wished it maybe leaned even heavier into the comedy side of it uh but i didn't mind it as a movie and i think it was like pretty well done you know as far as like yeah why be coy if you're gonna do allegory in 2023 um and we were lucky enough you know adam mckay um was kind enough to give us a little blurb for the book uh and so there's a little bit of you know uh, uh he read the book and thought it was good and so uh, um that was uh, very we were very pleased to receive that blurb Okay, cool. Yeah, he did. I saw that. That's cool. Um, okay, so we're all on the same hot side here as satirists. That's interesting. Uh, it's good. It hadn't, the whole, th- I guess, I was thinking about satire a lot when I was, you know, reading your book, obviously, and I was thinking of these questions of like, yeah, is it, is it, uh, is it a bug or a feature to kind of bash things over the head? You know, is subtlety, you know, more artistic or whatever? But like, I kind of think, yeah, you're right. Everything's so loud and staticky right now. You might as well scream at the top of your lungs. It's, yeah. Think of the last uh, week, like a Russian oligarch was like killed on a plane by like the head of the state. <laughs> like a former president got ug shots that he's now using yeah. as merch. Like it's like hard to be subtle in this world. You have to go you have to go pretty far to even do satire when yeah, like Putin is being like we offer our thoughts and prayers to the Wagner mercenary guy that like <laughs> somehow fell out of the sky. Yeah. Trump's getting mugshotted, you know, I'm like uh, uh, I don't know. At a certain point it like if you're trying to be coy, if you want to be real Jonathan Swift about it, like that's just not the world that we live in these days. I, I cannot believe that guy got on his own point. That's the most like I I don't think he's mad at me. I've never seen a person be in my life. Him and also like every other like commander of Wagner was also so it's not only that he got in the plane he's like how about me and everyone else who runs this mercenary group also gets on the small plane that sounds like a good idea <laughs> let's you do the coup plane they, <laughs> don't forget they kill people for a living to, to then not think of like what if someone tries to kill us that won't happen <laughs> 
been like six weeks. It's fine. <laughs> I look at a bunch true. of Russian propaganda channels uh, just as a hobby. <laughs> and uh, they are like, Putin is too slow. It takes him longer to assassinate people. It's not Putin because he would have done it like four years <laughs> down the road. And I'm like, I love that your defense what? is that he would have just done it later. There's too much tape in the Kremlin. He had to get the budget together to kill him. <laughs> There's too much bureaucracy. There's too much, too bureaucracy, much bureaucracy to get him killed that quickly. <laughs> used to be overnight like Amazon. <laughs> See, that's capitalism, though. You know, we we can get it. That, that's the thing. You know, Kate, you were saying this. It's like in America, we have Trump getting mugshotted. If Pelosi had any balls, Trump Force One would be smoldering in some field somewhere. <laughs> I mean, like the guy hypothetically tried to do a coup here. He's in a plane all the fucking time. I mean, can we put things together here? Oh, really? Exactly. Are we scared? Is the deep state scary or not? Does <laughs> it just kind of like hope you'll turn yourself in later? Um, let's get back to satire a little bit. There's like, uh, it, it's uh, if you read this book and you're like, okay, obviously this one character is AOC, obviously this one character is Elon. Then there's like these tertiary characters that are more like, you know, archetypes. Like, there's a podcaster in it, and when I was reading it, I was like, <laughs> this might be a specific person, like, just because we all kind of know each other. Not, yeah. Uh, but it also kind of seems like it's an amalgamation of different vaping Twitch streamer type dudes. <laughs> um, not going to ask, but I am very curious. Um, but, like, I don't know, man. I was reading this, and I was kind of like, I'll just throw this out there. You know, I feel like we should be honest about our, our opinions, even with our little comrades here is, uh, we're probably a little bit softer, me and Anders on AOC than, uh, sure. y'all's point of view. But I do appreciate what you're saying. Like, you know, satire kind of has like a message and it's meant to, you know, to lay a bast people and to take them to task and shit. So like, I, I, I think it would, I think it'd be pretty lame that given to be like, don't write a funny <laughs> book about AOC or whatever. Um, what I appreciated about the story, I guess, is it it good good like satire, good like comedy to me is kind of a thing where like no one gets out alive. Like everyone in the story is kind of horrible. Yeah. Uh you know, even people that you maybe whatever intellectually and politically mm -hmm. on some level, you know, side more with in real life or whatever. Um did you is there a main character? Is there like a hero of the story to you? Like, do you think that there's someone who's the good person, or is it just a fucking bloodbath where everyone's like, you know, you know? Well, I I do want to speak to you very briefly. You know what you were mentioning there, and and I do think that's important. Actually, it was important to us to not make this book like a Twitter politics book. You know, because kind of you know, in and of itself, it's like I have the things that I believe, and I have the people who I believe in, and I have hope and everything like that, but. I think that if you're doing satire, I think what you're saying is right, that you kind of do need to be unsparing and even make fun of yourself a little bit. You ask about this podcast character and the Twitch streaming and everything like that. I don't think that the podcast character really reflects our actual tangible beliefs about any specific person. It's more like, isn't it funny how we all are and wouldn't it be funny like if this happened like what's the kind of worst and you know least charitable estimation you could make of sort of every person in the equation and how do we do that to like sort of affect satire you know and so i, I do think that 
there's a weakness sometimes in satire. You know, we, we, you, I, we've talked about like daily show and this kind of clapter thing. And, you know, this thing of like, you know, uh, uh, John Oliver preaching to the choir where everybody is completely unchallenged and you're hearing things that you just a hundred percent agree with and you get to laugh and clap in equal parts too. And it was important to us in writing this book to like kind of not do that, you know, mm-hmm. to not like just do the thing that's for, you know, the, exactly the people we agree with. And so, you know, when we're even, even when we're talking about AOC, even when we're talking about the various people in this book, I do think that we don't like Elon. But for the most part, I think that we're just trying to sort of portray a world that's ridiculous. If this book has anything to say at all, it's that America is fucking insane. That's like really the more or less like the only message that we were trying to get across is that America's fucking insane. And even if we got this, it might still look insane because of how insane America is. One thing we have in the book is that, you know, they abolish the police. And so, of course, all the business owners rehire the police as like private investigators who wear plain clothes and then things are even worse. It's like, you know, this country is so fucked up and so weird that even if we got everything we wanted, it would probably still look fucked up. Uh, um, and so that's all just to say, you know, there's, I, 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 we're not trying to express anything specific about who we hate or anything in this book. We were just kind of trying to make a funny book that reflects the world uh, that exists. Yeah, I, but you know, I think liberals tend to do the heavy-handed thing where they would have like portrayed yeah. one person as the wise scientist or whatever, and then, yeah, like, and I think that we like we wanted to not necessarily do that with the left. We wanted to have, you know, the sort of the the centrist liberus, liberals look like shit. We wanted to have the insane QAnon and the Republicans and libertarians. And we also wanted to have a bit of goofy leftist stuff in there, too. Kind of just to, I don't know, to make a book that's reflective of the world that we live in. You know, uh, uh, whether or not it's reflective of the world that we wish we would live in. Yeah. Right. I think, it, oh, sorry, you go, Kate. Oh, no. Yeah. It's okay. I, I think it would be misrepresentative of the moment to present somebody with an answer right now. Yeah. Um, everyone kind of feels like just this, the institutions at large are falling apart at the seams. And I think a great example of that, uh, just because we talked about him last week, the uh, Richmond, uh, <laughs> Richmond, north of Richmond guy came out and said that he's like embarrassed all of the Republicans have embraced him mm-hmm. because he just wanted to do a song about having taxes too high or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you shouldn't have done a whole verse about how fat people are ruining your life. Yes, how the, but, uh, you know, people are on, on uh, food stamps or buying too many ho-hos or whatever fudge rounds yeah, yeah everyone's bad at me but it's a great it's a great uh example of just like the ambient despair happening yeah for everyone all around on all sides yeah uh, you can't get away from it and, and so to get back to your question jake you know about you know are there any heroes in this book i mean i do think the book sort of follows a traditional structure and has a, a sort of thriller focus to it. One of our perspective characters, Chloe, is very clearly not a very nice person, uh, but and we sort of follow her arc. Uh, but she's also got um, her own problems, and I think we try to make her an interesting character that you can sort of relate to. Um, but really, you know, the book is about Jay and Sasha and their sort of adventure in you know, trying to drum up the data to get this Elon Musk character, uh, yeah. Willem Lutz, killed. 
Um, I will say I do think Pablo Lopez, who's our, you know, communist president who gets elected in it. I, you know, I never saw him necessarily as like a bad guy. I just see him as like a man who somehow got fucking elected president and all the pressures of DC are like more than we can imagine. Like, can you imagine becoming president and all this shit fucking coming at you? Like, I do think that. Like, you know, when I look at Pablo in the book, I'm like, I think he does mean well and wants to do, like, ostensibly what we would all want to have happen. It's just incredibly fucking difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I think one theme that we explore with the book, especially with the podcaster and with Jay and Sasha, with every character, I would say, except for Chloe, is like, you have most people we know are our age, like, lead with their politics, with their ideas, like, this is who I am. And like, what level of comfort or money would you give up those uh, like politics for? Mm -hmm. Like for a thousand dollars, would I give up my values or for like a nice apartment? Like what, like what nice thing? Like what rich yeah. thing? What, what good give? job? What good yeah. job would you or give up for? Or how many followers even? Or how many uh, mm -hmm. TV show or how much attention? Like what like kind of greed or attention or, you know, gluttonous thing would I give up my values for? For me, it's fudge rounds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're addicted to this stuff. Oh. You know, I'm, using my, yeah. I, I'm using my... Uh, I'm all the time using my food stamps for fudge rounds, and I don't even give a shit. I don't even care. I want This is one of my favorite things to think about, because I think most people's sellout price is, like, embarrassingly low. It's, like, way too low. If you... If you if you track like uh, radicalism internationally by generation, you can see the American like uh, 30s, 30s, 40s, like relatively young people staying more radicalized than their counterparts in other parts of the world. And I think a lot of it is just like, we aren't getting our tiny payoff that we need yeah. to become shitty Republicans. They won't even give us the $2,000 that it would cost for most of us to, to completely give up our values. That's really, <laughs> like how you say house. I really think it's like, I say $2,000. I'm like, I think it actually is maybe like $45,000 a year. And everyone would be like, I'm a Republican. I'm a Republican yeah. for the rest of my days. I'm checking out. I've reached my lazy, fattest years, and I really am no longer interested in burning down the You're White like, House. You say house, and I'm like, I think it's more like able to afford rent on your apartment and food. Yeah. And everyone would be like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sold out. I'm a conservative No, I now. just, before we recorded this podcast, I did an ad read for a uh, credit card that I had canceled as a teenager on principle uh, a long time ago. And then I did this ad read today for $50. <laughs> Uh, so my, yeah, that's $50. Um, I mean, I do think about selling out and it's like, you know, uh, uh, there, I, I saw someone post about this, but I also just did recently rewatch Wayne's World. And there is a whole funny thing scene in Wayne's World where he's like, I would never sell out. And he's like holding up Taco Bell and all this kind of shit. And it is so funny that now every, like, we are all so stoked to sell out and it's for such a minuscule amount of money. Like, I'm like, there were times when I was doing Twitch when they would have me advertise like a like energy soda or something and because i didn't hit 125 viewers i wouldn't even get paid five dollars like they would just not pay <laughs> and when i did get paid it would only be like five bucks oh. i cannot afford the soda yeah i have to do another stream <laughs> well yeah i mean i do feel like marxism helps you analyze that stuff more mm -hmm. objectively but 
uh, anyway, one thing I did want to ask about too is is there's like a ton of a large canon of of books and movies that are dystopian. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a smaller amount that are, I think you can call utopian. Utopian. You guys yeah. seem to be doing something uh, a little different, maybe in between. Um, how, how did you consider the the two the two kinds of topias in, in writing this, or did you just? I thought go the full part where you could get cocaine in a bar in uh, Las Vegas <laughs> was utopian. <laughs> there are good sides. There are good sides. Um, you know, I will say I, I think that this first one, and Kate, you might disagree, but I do think this first one is it, it's like almost too close to the present to even be considered a utopia or a dystopia. You know, like I, I in some ways, like you know dystopian and utopian fiction it's all so deeply far in the future and i think that our book is really meant to reflect the present a little more than that you know even even though it's is slightly in the future um i would maybe class this first one though as closer to dystopian and then maybe if we get to do the whole trilogy by the end it would end up slightly more utopian but we'll have to see yeah, it's kind of like Black Mirror or something, where it's the not-too-distant mm. future. Not to compare you to Black Mirror. I know that's uh, <laughs> probably... People hate Black in Mirror. In our book, rich people are allowed to build their own utopias, um, which is a real <laughs> thing in Nevada. Corporations can buy land, and then they can just have their own laws and stuff. Um, but that's where you could buy cocaine in a bar or have sex with AI robots and stuff like that. Westworld. Yeah, yeah. So it's utopia more Jake, to some people. Yeah. For the more Jake-like people, you can buy cocaine in a bar. Uh, for the more Disney-brained people, there is like a full real-life Tatooine that you can go visit, and you can go be <laughs> an actual Tatooine in the desert. And so there's utopias all over the place, I guess, in the book for, for different types of people. That's true. That also made that made sense a lot that uh, <laughs> the fucking Lootstown is in the Southwest because it's uh, – <laughs> Southwest is like the, the most libertarian part of the country. They've got kind of a stronghold in politics there, and there's just weird, like, legal shit there. Like, again, I think Arizona, you don't ever have to renew your driver's license because one of those weird guys that was yelling about, like, I need a license to operate a toaster just got elected and changed that at some point. <laughs> That's absolutely where that would happen. So I think that works. That's where moisture farming takes place. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about women a little bit uh, because whenever uh, I think I think it's I th- ally there's some <laughs> ally alert interesting always wanted to talk about women you know it baby uh, there's some interesting stuff in this book written from the perspective of women that I'm gonna assume wasn't Jack Allison but maybe it was I don't know uh, there, in terms of like. What we were talking about earlier, characters, you know, kind of having a threshold for selling out, but like also being based on like survival and stuff like that. There's funny stuff going on there, but I'm a dumb guy, so I don't know if I understand maybe all of the the jokes. What uh, can you explain the characters of like Chloe and Sasha a little bit, and maybe what they're trying to say, or just what the you know who they're based on, or what the joke is, or whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess I have to answer those because I'm the only woman here. Um, <laughs> I'll stand back respectfully uh, and listen. Sasha was Thank written. You. Sasha was written like mostly by me, but me and uh, Jack actually split the Chloe chapters. So Jack, Jack Allison was. There's a little Jack and Chloe too. Interesting. Um, so Chloe's like an influencer um, who's married to like a Jared Kushner type. 
Um, and then the Jared could like a slumlord type guy. And then he goes to prison and then she flees to Russia and lives under the protection of an oligarch. So pretty much her entire life, she's either been like hot or lived under the protection of men because she's really hot. Um, and in the book, she finally gets some like agency of her own, like Willem Lutz and the oligarch are like, here's a business and you can run it. So she gets to like kind of be a girl and get what it feels like to like not just be like enthralled to some guy who's like your caretaker for that given moment and she kind of tastes freedom for the first time in her in her adult life um and that's a big part of her arc as she goes through the the story of like that because before that she's just been traded to different men um and sasha Uh, She graduated college, goes to work for Kim Kardashian. She's going to have this great kind of career in front of her. Uh, Sees Kim do awful things, uh, blows the whistle on Kim. And just because she's not good enough on TV, they kind of all forget about her. Like she she kind (laughs) of shit the bed on her congressional hearings and in all the interviews. And so people are like, oh, we're not putting her on TV anymore. I think there's even a scene in the book where the po- where like the president is like, should we have invited the whistleblower to the execution? And they're like, I don't even remember her name. So just because <laughs> she she didn't really look good or sound good, she's kind of pushed to the side. Um, and then she just kind of becomes like a pizza delivery driver who does ketamine all the time in Las Vegas. Um, and as Very someone cool. once did ketamine all the time in Las Vegas, uh, nice. it's pretty fun. I see. So, that was the inspiration then. No. Yeah. Uh, but she's, uh, that, yeah, a little. I lived in Vegas for like five years. Um, so. Oh, a weird place to yeah. live. It was so, it was really weird. I remember I got COVID during like 2020, like when Trump got COVID. I got like the Trump COVID. Oh, weird. Um, yeah, I got it like really early. Um, and, uh, I was taking a walk and when I was coming back, this meth head like mistook me for his girlfriend and started screaming Cassandra at me. And then was just like, <laughs> we need to talk, Cassandra. Let's just talk it out. And I was like, I'm not Cassandra. And he just chased me back to my apartment. <laughs> and I was like, I need to get the fuck out of this city. <laughs> but if there's dystopias that are already existing, it's like inner city Las Vegas. <laughs> Okay. Mm. That makes sense. The lots. I feel like a lot of that made it into the book. That's good. Yeah, which is good. I mean, there's <laughs> really good parts about that. There was like so much fun parts, but then there's like bad parts too, like mob run kind of institutions. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I feel um, like I didn't do a great job explaining women, but I. I'm sorry, it was entirely. I, under- I finally understand. <laughs> oh, I finally understand what's going on with y'all. It was, it was- <laughs> Women hate the mob. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a sore on society to them. That was a, a, a poorly formed question. I just um, uh, never uh, pass up an opportunity to learn about women. <laughs> Because I'm an ally. Um, Your catchphrase. Yep. It's heroic. <laughs> I'll draw a diagram for you sometime. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, and I don't want to blow up too much more of the book because I feel like people should read it and, and you know get to the ending. It's very funny. Uh, without giving anything away, there's a lot of action, a lot of blood and stuff. Very cool. Uh, my main thing, honestly, is my main question. When are we getting the movie? Because mm. it's... it's feels like it would be very fun to watch and who's gonna I mean, play who you know <laughs> who's gonna play who that's an interesting question uh okay we haven't talked about that um 
Could we? Do you think Elon would play Willem? Do you think Elon would do it, a movie? It depends what day we catch him on. Because sometimes I'm like, I should just reply to every single one of his tweets with a picture of the book, just to see. If, like, I got a blue check for the month, just so I can like hire up and like I can also be like a Russian propagandist or a Ukrainian troll for the month. But like, I just want him to like see it. Neither he'll think it's like really funny. And like he wants to make an NFT or a cryptocurrency based on it, or he will like hate it, and like all his lawyers will send us mean letters. I could yeah, see him falling for it and playing the character probably up until he gets to the point where there's a sex scene because it's like too. <laughs> that sex scene is so it's funny, but it's so gross with him like trying to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but yes, there, uh, there. I, I, we have some very good bad sex in the book that, that I think that I think we're both proud of. <laughs> ah, modeled after Stephen King and his. Read work. the book. <laughs> There's a. It's the next Fifty Shades of Grey. There's a very steamy scene with Elon Musk. Uh, he might think it's completely normal he's like this is how everyone has sex so (laughs) I'm not even gonna bat an eye at it (laughs) how boring in vanilla (laughs) oh my god (laughs) he kind of seems like he's up for any level of debasement if you will be his friend Mm. (laughs) so I think that's like a fair exchange to do a movie honestly we would let him blurb the book I think we'd let him blurb the book that'd be awesome Again, he's not going to read it. Awesome sauce. So you yeah, can tell true. him it's about anything, and he'll yeah. <laughs> if it's flattering enough, he'll hit that hit that repost button. True. You won't be bad luck, Brian, when you read this book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do. Uh, so, when are we getting a movie? I mean, I don't know. Here, like, uh, do you know anyone? <laughs> I mean, we know read it, and he just gave us a blurb. So, you know, maybe maybe he'll uh, maybe it'll, he'll remember it someday. Okay. I could envision this. Not to get too ahead on the skis, but uh, being an animated uh, project, Ooh, I don't know if you'd be into that'd that. Be fun. Oh, that would yeah. be that'd cool, be yeah, yeah, like an anime. anime. Oh, I'd love to do an anime. An anime would be good. <laughs> anime Elon I'm already getting notes on how to make the sex better. <laughs> <laughs> Ten- add tentacles is always the answer. Holy. All right. Have you considered making AOC a dog? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if, if it gets it made. If yeah. it gets it made. Old French uh, bulldog. Cute. Um, all right. I don't want to take up any more of your time. We got to talk about Elon a little bit. Let's, uh, let's do plugs and get out of here. Uh, where can people find you, listen to your show, buy the book, all that stuff? Yeah, you can. I, I'm still occasionally posting stuff on Twitter, Jack Allison, LOL. You can check me out on uh, the Struggle Session podcast, which is at sesh.show, and buy the book at killtherichbook.com. Just all one word without any dashes or weird stuff. Killtherichbook.com. Anything for you, Kate? No, I'm just a person. I guess buy the book, killtherich.com. I also have a Twitter. Uh, God hates us all. Love it. Follow me. He's got a blue check for this month, so that's exciting. I'm a blue check person. I need to tweet more about geopolitics. You can't Mm. DM Kate unless you have also a blue check. So, (laughs) really? Don't try. I just spread misinformation now. That's all I do. I tried my blue check. I tried to book the planet of the base guy on a show, and I went to DM him, and Twitter told me that he, I can't DM him unless I'm also verified, which made me wow. realize that he's verified, but he's 
you can hide your blue check. Ah. <laughs> yeah, there's a. Are like outing him? As- I, I'm sorry, but I am. There's, uh, <laughs> it, uh, 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 it, it makes sense. He's blowing up right now. But like, there's a feature apparently on Twitter now where you can buy a blue check and then hide it. <laughs> which wow. Is so funny. That's really funny. He's trying to spread that video, okay? Trying to get that He's out there. He's making a million dollars. I don't blame him. Um, Come watch me and Jamie Peck's live show, uh, The Woke Mob at TVI in Ridgewood on September 2nd. Please come buy tickets. It's like the, one of the biggest things I'm doing before I get out of town and move to L.A. to go bother Jack Allison. Uh, I'm also, PDA is going to be opening for Minion Death Cult alongside Antifada at Littlefield on the 10th on 9-11 Eve, you might say. Uh, anybody else? Uh, if you are in New York City, get that ass over to uh, Silo on September 1st at 8 o'clock. We're doing paid protest. Uh, a lot of great comics. Judah Friedlander, Ashton Womack, a bunch of other really funny people and raising money for uh, citywide tenant organizing. So come on down 8 p.m. at Silo on 9-1. 9-1. Alex. That's right, baby. Alex, you got anything? I'm on. I'm on Anders' show with Anders. I'm. A, I'm. I'm just a guy. Just a guy. All right. <laughs> you and Kate both. Yeah. We're just people. <laughs> cool. I'm picking up sand and I'm letting it fall from yeah. my fist. If you live in Miami and have a boat, call call DM me if you have a blue check and a boat. <laughs> I'll, I'll go hang out with you. That's my Reed. plug. <laughs> Read. Kill the rich. It's very funny and it's out on what's the date again? September twelfth. September twelfth. So the the day after September eleventh. You know the September eleventh bo- Boxing Day. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think they call yeah. it. That's when they would box up all the stuff that fell <laughs> yeah. on the ground. Never forget to buy this book. There you go. <laughs> it's finished. It's finished. It's finished. <laughs>